NFT Melbourne. GM, GM, welcome back to the NFT Bell podcast. Uh, I am James Rowdy and I am greeted by the beautiful uh, Ono tonight, GM Ono. GM Rowdy, how are you doing? <laughs> doing very, very well, mate. How are you? Look, I am kind of nervous, but... Uh, yeah. So a little context I, um, for the listeners. Um, I'll, g- I'll give everyone a bit, bit of context. So um, we met on a Twitter space, what, maybe like a last week? A few days ago. A few days probably, ago. Yeah. Probably a few days ago. Uh, we met on Twitter space um, and uh, our, our good friend, uh, shout out to Clout, um, he uh, introduced us. Uh, so you're, uh, well, I'm in Sydney tomorrow for the NFT Sydney event. Yes. And you said, oh, Rowdy, I can't get a ticket. I said, I got you. Yes. And then uh, you hit me up and you're like, yo, I'm actually in Melbourne this week. <laughs> And um, you're like, do you want to go out for dinner on Wednesday, this Web3 dinner? Um, those plans got cancelled. However, we just went out for dinner, we had did. a great time. We went to um, Hot Pot and Korean barbecue. Yes, sir. It was a vibe. And uh, and here we are in my lounge room recording a podcast. Look, this has developed rather quickly. But <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but it's all good. I think this is the cool thing. Um, there, there was another funny... Uh, scenario these are good friends of mine now um peter and josh from oz nft mm. um you'll meet them tomorrow night um but essentially i jumped on a call with these guys a similar sort of scenario two days um there was an event on um josh flew down from mm, sydney mm, mm. um we caught up uh and he came to one of our nft mob events at my, at my office banker Anyways, he goes, oh, I'll come over one night. I want to do a podcast with you. I was like, I've got everything here. You just bring yourself. He rocked out with a bottle of wine and uh, we filmed their first ever podcast here um, in my lounge room. I love these stories. My like, It's hard to explain to non-Web3 friends. Um, everyone sort of just thinks that I've got extremely low sense of self-preservation. Mm. But, you know, those are where the best experiences come from. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I'm still alive and kicking right now, so, you know. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> But I think it's just cool. It's just like when you meet people and you just click and it's just like web three people click on another level sure. and other people For don't sure. understand that, you know, and, and we've discussed this, but it's like, I want to dive a bit more deeper into it. Yeah. Um, but it's, if you're not a web three, just don't get it. Like you build these, it's kind of like you found your tribe and you build these really beautiful um, connections mm. and relationships with these people. Mm. And, you know, some of your, mates like are in all parts of the world uh and you just build these amazing relationships with them yeah i think one of the most amazing things about web3 right is that it transcends a lot of physical boundaries Mm. um and like you know you meet people and you talk to people that you would ordinarily never never encounter Mm. um and it's sort of just you know after so long um interacting with people online you get a sense of like who you vibe with and who you don't vibe with and I feel like relationships sort of accelerate a lot just because of the intensity of the space. So, so I want to learn more about you. Who is Ono? Your journey, where you started, how old are you, where are you going, how you got into the space. So, so let's start. Um, how did you find out? How did you get into Web3? I'm glad you started with that because the first thing you said before is who are you? And I don't even know the answer to that myself. That's right. We're all so figuring that out, right? How did I get into Web3? So I feel like... This is not a very traditional path. Um, I was not into crypto at all. Um, it's sort of something I knew peripherally existed, but I was never like super into it. Um, but September last year, a good friend of mine sent me an article about a random NFT project. It was like a random TechCrunch article. And I literally had no idea what an NFT was at this time. 
Um, but he sent me this article about this NFT at about around 4 p.m. that day. Um, I did a bunch of research. I was automatically like in love. So I'm a big tech person. My background's in, in tech. Um, and I also really love art um, and stuff like that. So at the time, what really sold me was everything to do with proof of ownership. And, you know, that combination of digital art and tech. And I was just immediately enamored. And 10 p.m. that night, I minted my first NFT. And keep in mind, because I wasn't into crypto, like I set up my exchange, like I deposited money. I bought my first crypto ETH at 4,100 USD at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right at the top. That was, that was, the, start, that was the start of my journey. Um, and since that day, I think the month afterwards, I was just like, deep dive so i'm the kind of person that once i get interested in something i just like am fully immersed um and the amount of knowledge and information i absorbed in that first month was insane insane um what was the first what was the project called um i okay the very first project i minted was a random free mint i don't remember the name of it yeah um but the you still first hold it? no so i sold it in january it finally sold in january for like 0.02 eth Yep. Which was kind of crazy. I was like, wow, this is a historic moment for me. Yeah. Um, but the project that my friend sent me was, it was, oh, it's called Sushi something. Sushiverse, Sushiverse. Okay, right. Um, and in like March this year, they rugged. So oh, wow. They lasted from September to March. I think it was March. Oh, it was like a slow rug. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even a slow rug. They were working on it. And then in March, the founders just like gave up. It was, it was kind of random. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my first, my first sort of experience. Um, in Web3. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. And what, what, what day was that, sorry? That was... It was early September. It was, it was, okay. This September was like, 21. No, so this was earlier. This was earlier in September. It was, it was a few days before the bear market. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I distinctly remember this because I got into NFTs. I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. Then a few days later, everything went to shit. And I was like, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is where I'm at. Um, but it's good. I think, I think, you know, you're not, you're not a real trader until you survive a bear market. You, Absolutely. Learn, a, you learn the most in a bear market. Um, and a few months after that, I started exploring other facets of web three. I started getting more into like DeFi, learning more about DAOs, a lot more about the infrastructure in the space. Um, and I think that really helped me develop. So, and that's important too, because I think everyone gets stuck in like NFTs are fun. There's a lot of culture. There's all these other different, um, components yeah. that make it what it is. Right. Yeah. But there's also really other important components of web three. Like you just said, DeFi, DAOs, yes. all these things. DAOs are super early. Oh, yeah. Dude. It's democracy at its finest. Yeah. Like, Currently, I mean, the way that DAOs work right now is just, it's not, I, there are very, it's very rare that you find true DAOs. Yeah. Very, very rare. And I don't think the way that our society is currently structured is very conducive to having, you know, real pure DAOs. Yeah. Um, but the idea is really, really interesting. Um, and I think definitely in the future, we can see it integrated in a lot of, a lot of, organizations and structures yeah 100 um, but i think you know like when people say the future is web3 you know the futures aren't nfts by themselves you know i think one of the most amazing things about web3 is the way that like innovation progresses in the space like people have built some fucking cool shit here yeah 100 you know? um and there's so much cool tech so much cool infrastructure so many smart people doing stuff and you really have to get out of purely jpegs to see that yeah 100 percent so you started going down that that sort of rabbit hole. Um, so so you got into just quickly rewind. So September twenty one, two thousand twenty one. Yeah, yeah. So you I, got it. I thought you kept saying like the twenty first. No, and no, I was no. Like, September like the Earth, Wind, and Fire song. Because <laughs> 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 that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, September twenty twenty one. So this was. 
this was less than a year ago. Yeah, yeah cool. Insane. It's, it feels like two decades. Yeah. <laughs> it moves very, very quick in this oh, space. Oh, for sure. You know, I got for in sure. September 2020 and now I feel like a an old man in this oh, space. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's... um. So, so you started getting into these. So, and what, like, sort of, what, what date was this? I'm just trying to, like, you know, give the audience a bit it of context was, on this time uh, timeline. It must have been towards the end of the first week of September. Yeah, around okay. then. ETH was at 4100, so we can search that at some point and look yeah. at where on the graph that was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. And and then you started going down, learning about all these different products. What one really stood out to you? Like, you know, I think like the cool thing is about Web3 is you find that niche. Like for me, it's NFTs, right? Mm. And I think everyone's, it's NFTs. But then I also like the DAOs. I like, I'm really fascinated by DAOs. I got into DAOs early. Um, and I'm still in quite a few. And, I, and the reason why is just purely a learning process for me. But what really stuck, stood out for you? Like what what, um. what are you really into? To be honest, I don't think I have a niche yet. I feel like I'm sort of still in the phase where I'm branching out and learning a lot of things from a lot of different people. I'm probably most experienced in NFTs because that's what I've been you know, exposed to the most. Um, but I really, really like looking at DeFi infrastructure. So, you know, like things, even things like, you know, like scaling solutions or new tech that people are developing to, you know, advance you know, lending or, bar, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, different sorts of protocols yeah, and exactly, stuff like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There are some really amazing low-key protocols that are being built and some really amazing devs that no one really hears about, so. Yeah, absolutely. And infrastructure, I mean, it's key, right? Infrastructure it's is the future. Exactly you know? you right. You can't build anything unless there's the infrastructure to support it. Yeah, I mean, you know, just quickly on that, you know, I work at Bankster and we're, we are infrastructure providing fiat on and off ramping. Mm. And when you go into that, you realize, holy shit, like this is crucial. Like mm -hmm. the normies can't buy crypto or, you know, anything without sort of an on ramp and, and then an off ramp as well. So it's really, really important. But that's really, really cool. So yeah, you're, so you think that sort of, have you found sort of, you know, that one thing that's sort of sticking out to you? Or are you still sort of like finding your feet and still sort of working through it? I think the big problem in Web3 is that the more you learn, <laughs> like the less decisive you are. So mm. the longer I spend sort of trying to find my feet, the more like little things I find that I'm interested in. And it's really hard to focus on something because everything is just so interesting. Um, so, you know, there is value in that, right? Like having breadth of knowledge and sort of, you know, learning about a lot of different things. Um, but I think <laughs> I'm still searching for that niche, something that I can focus on and spend a lot of my time in. But right now, like every time I think I find that, I just get distracted by something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's the beautiful thing about Web three. It's all new and exciting, and there's new technology. I feel it feels like every day or every week there's there's something new and something someone solving another problem and providing a solution for this and that. You know what I mean? And yeah. Everyone's on this massive race at the moment. You know what I mean? Yes. Which can make the space very overwhelming. Oh, absolutely. Mm. It does get very overwhelming at times. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's um yeah. Let's actually let's talk about that. What what do you find? You know, coming when they're in a bear market, um, and you've come off this like this crazy high entry point, right? Yeah. Um, where lots of hype, heightened emotions, all mm -hmm. this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you know, now we're in a bear market. I mean, like, how's your mental health? How's your physical health? Um, what What do you think? Uh, some of the things that you sort of struggle with in the bear market. 
Yeah, so I think right now I'm in a much better place than I was a few months ago. But it's definitely been very, very tumultuous in the past year. So um, when I first got in in September, around like a month in, I sort of realized that I was severely neglecting my health. Like, man, like I was forgetting to eat. My sleep was fucked. Like, you know, cause you, you know, you know how Australia is just in a really terrible time zone. Mm. And so I'd be waking up to mint shit at like 3 a.m. I would literally sleep with my laptop next to my pillow, wake up in the middle of the night, mint some shit and go back to sleep, um, which is not good. And I think I sort of realized that this, this, this was just consuming my life um, in a very negative way. And so, at that point, I try to make a little bit more of a conscious effort to, you know, separate, you know, my health and stuff that I needed to focus on in real life um, and this digital existence, you know. Mm. And that was probably around the time that um, I also started looking to building into the space. So, as you know, um, I had a mental health startup um, that I was working on from much earlier in the year. And so, when we started sort of entering Web3, the focus changed and the focus was more on building and engaging the community and trying to push out a product that people would actually use. Mm. Um, but that also came with its own problems, right? Because in the lead up to launch, it's very, very stressful. You barely sleep. You're spending so much time just working on your dev and doing all of that stuff. And then after launch, you're just trying to make the community happy and, you know, build your stuff because now you have the resources to build your stuff. And from February to April, um, you know, it's ironic, right? Because it's a mental health product and a mental health startup. And yet I was really severely neglecting my own mental health. Um, so, you know, it was very go, go, go. I would say from November till April, like very, very nonstop. And after launch, I was also doing some stuff with some other projects. Um, but during April, um, I was in Singapore at the time. And I think I started to realize that my life was so dysregulated, you know, like I would wake up exhausted. My day would be whack. Like my sleep cycle was non-existent. I, you know, everything was just not good. Um, And it took another month um, before I was sort of just like, look, my mental health, my physical health, my relationships are in such disarray right now. And it reflected in like my relationship with my friends, my relationship with my family. Um, and towards the end of May, um, I sort of made the decision to take a step back from everything I was working on, fix my life. I basically passed out for two weeks straight. Like I was burnt out as fuck. Mm. <laughs> passed out for two weeks straight, sort of moved to a new environment, reconnected with as cliche as it sounds like reconnected with myself reconnected with nature um and then now i think i'm sort of in a place where i'm i'm ready to sort of dive back in um in a much more balanced balanced way yeah. <laughs> way yeah have you set up sort of like you know learning through what you've gone through as it more now sort of applying boundaries with certain habits and mm. stuff like that do you mm. think do you yeah. prioritize your like your mental health now and like physical health? Do you think? Yes, I think it's so easy to forget to prioritize your mental health and physical health and feel like other things are more important, right? It's like, oh, what I'm building is so much more important, or what I'm doing for this other person is so much more important because it outputs X, Y, Z. There's this like tangible output, or like you're doing something for some someone else, and there's a sense of like gratification and a sense of achievement and stuff like that from doing that. Um, and I think when it comes to prioritizing your mental health and your physical health, the return you get from that is much more gradual and mm. you don't feel it immediately. Right. But it's an investment. Exactly. It's, it's the best slow, investment you can make. Slow investment, mm. but it's, it's your life, right? Your health is the only thing you have. Mm. Um, and so, you know, like it's just small changes that I've implemented in my life, which are the most important, right? Just making sure there's some level of movement every day, making sure that I wake up and journal, making sure that I spend some time, you know, 
get getting outside, fucking touching grass. Touching know, grass. Take myself out to watch some sunsets, like, you know, do some self-reflection. Um, and like you said before, I think setting boundaries is really important as well. I think, you know, when you first enter the space, there is so much opportunity. It's so hard to say no to things because mm. everything you're like, oh my God, like this is so cool. Like, you know, I can learn so much from this. Oh, this is a great person to network with. It's a great relationship to have, but you can't do everything. Yeah. Um, and so I think taking some time and stepping back sort of helped reevaluate priorities, like what you want to do and choose the opportunities that sort of best cater for, for those goals, right? And I don't really know what those are, but at least I have a better idea about what I can fit into my life. Um, and that's definitely improved everything, my existence. <laughs> I love that. Me as a human. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's, yeah. it's growth, right? I mean, and, and the yeah. cool thing is, is like you're learning. Um, and, and I think that's the best thing, you know, if you, as long as you're learning every day, um, and growing, I mean, that's life. Getting into Web3, I think, honestly, has been one of the biggest self-development arcs in my life. You know, you come in, you know, shit's just moving all the time. You're getting humbled by these, like, 15-year-olds. There are just so many... I think this is this, the space that I've been in with the, the largest density of extremely intelligent people. Oh, I totally yeah. agree with you. And like, I thought that I was, cause I'm, I, I'm like, I've got a tech background, right? Tech and like science research stuff. So like, there are like insanely smart people there. And I thought I was like, oh God, like this is, this is as good as it gets. I get into web three and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's not as good as it gets. Yeah. It gets, it's, it's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. Insane. Some people have just got mega brains. Yeah. You and, know? and the diversity of people is insane as well. Like you see some people and they're building some insane shit and then they're like 16 years old and you're like, how is this possible? Yeah, how is this possible? But that's cool. There's so many people to learn from. Um, there's so much cool shit out there and you never get bored. So love that. So you touch base on, you know, the, the startup that you started yes. with about the mental health, the yes. app. Um, let's talk about that a bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other question is, did the bear market prompt this? Like what prompted the mental health mm, um, mm. startup? So this is something that we started way before Web3. Um, so my co-founder, he's a doctor, Dr. Dex. Shout out. Love you, man. Shout out Dr. Dex. <laughs> Shout out Dr. Dex. He's an actual doctor. Oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we started this in February last year and we started it as, you know, like a Web2 business, a Web2 startup. And essentially how it started was um, I have a history of depression. A lot of my friends and family have had a lot of, you know, history of mental health issues. And at the time, um, Dex, Dr. Dex was helping his brother through a very intense period of, you know, stuff going on. And so we happened to, we were friends and we happened to be talking about stuff like this. And he'd already done research in the past um, with around digital solutions for chronic pain. And so we were trying to think of solutions, accessible solutions for people, um, but around mental health. And so we sort of applied the research that he did um, around digital solutions for chronic pain to mental health. But, you know, a lot of these things exist. There are a lot of meditation apps. There are a lot of mindfulness apps. There are even, you know, very clinical tools and softwares that exist. But there are a lot of issues, one of them being engagement and just, like, having fun. Like, as we talked about before, right, like, people will do stuff if it's fun. But if it's not, it's very, very difficult to get people to build a habit around it. And that's what we were trying to focus on, right? And so the concept is that we're using a very um, clinically backed 
therapy called cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, um, which is what, you know, psychologists use in real life with their patients. And we're taking these exercises and techniques and packaging it into a gamified mobile application. So it's something really accessible. It's something that's fun. It's something that doesn't take that much time out of your day that you can build habits on. And what we wanted to do is build basically a toolkit for people to be able to exercise um, and help rebuild their mental health. Um, and that came from, you know, our own personal experiences with these mental health conditions. Mm. Wow. It, it's funny you say that, right? Because it's like, in, in a, we live in a world now that's just so full of distractions and our attention span is just mm. non-existent. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, how do you get an audience to engage with your platform when they're distracted all the time? Um, and, yeah, and, and, and just keep them focused, you know, on the, on, on exactly, the task at hand, exactly. which is best for them, you know, like yes. prioritizing their mental health. Yes. And like I'm mega ADD as well, so I cannot focus on anything. <laughs> so a large part of when we were building this was trialing stuff on me. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like if I can't do it and it's my own product, how the heck are we going to expect anyone else to be able to do the same, you mm. know? Um, so, yeah, I think it's really hard to keep people's focus and the way that, you know, psychology is still a very new field. Um, and when it comes to mental health and treating mental health, that's also a very, very new field. Um, and so there aren't many solutions that are sort of considering the fact that we're in a new modern age now and people's attention spans have reduced and the way that people consume information has changed. Um, and so I think that's something that's really important when it comes to addressing mental health, right? Like the way that you go about it now is very different to the way that you would go about it like five, ten years ago. Yeah, I t totally agree. So wh where's the startup at now? Like what stages is it at? Yeah, so uh, to give a little bit more context, um, when Dr. Dex and I entered Web3, so he was a friend that sent me that NFT article, funnily enough. Um, <laughs> when we got into Web3, one thing that we were like immediately amazed by was the power of community. So the power of community to drive a product, to believe in a product. Um, you know, we saw people engage and talk about sensitive and personal things um, within these communities that they would not talk about in real life. And a lot of it came down to their life problems and mental health concerns and things like that. Um, and on a side note, what was also really interesting is that obviously a very large percentage of the demographic in NFTs, um, a large percentage of them are male. And statistically, guys don't really, you know, talk and um, you know, do things to help their mental health in real life. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. Totally yeah, so that. we were sort of just like, this is a very untapped demographic that seems to want to open up online um, that we can help and that we can address and that we can talk to. And so we sort of saw these communities as a way to access a very diverse group of people, as a way to build, um, you know, an early user base um, and to bootstrap our product development. So we actually launched an NFT in February Um and the beta app launched a couple months ago um, and we've got some people using it. We're iterating. We're just continuing developing and launching new features. Um, and that NFT launch has basically just paved the way for us to, to develop this application that we wanted to develop. Love that. Mm. And it's, um, I think, you know, back in, I would have been in, in like, oh, I would say, you know, through like early sort of, oh, I th through majority of 21, I think. I think we saw a lot of um, projects execute NFTs in a way yes. to like like crowdfund mm -hmm. essentially, mm -hmm. you know, to get gains to help them to do execute their roadmap or, or whatever it may yeah. be, you know. Yeah. Um, so you found that 
obviously to be beneficial for, for, for your starter? Yeah, I think the way that I originally thought about it was quite naive. I was sort of like, oh, this is a way to bypass like traditional funding means. This is a way to, you know, you don't need VCs, you don't need that. But, you know, it's pretty obvious that an initial NFT launch is not going to sustain your business for that long. You know, you consider the burn rate. It's like, okay, look, your launch is going to survive you what, one or two years. You still have to go through these traditional methods. But I think going through this um, process accelerated our building a lot, you know, because there is no other space where someone will invest in an idea instead of a, something that exists, you know, instead of a product that already has you know, something tangible. Mm. Um, and so that was really, really insane for us. Um, and yeah, I think if we didn't have that, we would still be building, but we'd just be like half a year, a year behind. Yeah, wow. Mm. See, and I think that's amazing. It's fascinating how, how much of an impact things like this have on like modern day startups. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just a different way for them to go and access these funds that like you said mm. buy it through instead of traditional means angel mm. investing vc etc um and i think that's really really cool yeah it's also hella hectic though i think one thing that people don't talk about enough in the space is like founder burnout and founder pressure so i mean you know it's really and easy to be like sorry no <laughs> you're no you're right something. please go yeah i was just gonna say like it's really easy to be like okay look it's so easy to be, be a founder you just build some shit and then like you know you slow rug this shit it's like oh i've made like seven figures or whatever mm. but for people genuinely genuinely trying to build in the space dude this space has is so high pressure you know like the expectations of your community and your consumers is insane and the space is so metrics driven and it's the only space that i've seen where your community has such direct access to the founders and it, like the feedback can be so direct um yeah it's just it's it's difficult and it's really high pressure and i think you know, to a degree, you have to be critical of founders, but you also have to give them a little bit of leniency yeah. um, because it's a lot to navigate, you know? Let's dive a bit deeper onto that. Oh because God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's, you brought up some really good points. I think, um, you know, I, I even struggle sometimes with like things like imposter syndrome and stuff oh, like that, dude. you know? And it's just like, you know, everyone in this space is, we're all learning and growing mm. at different rates too. Yeah. And it's all, we're all in the fast lane and it's going a million miles an hour. Yeah. And there's always going to be someone smarter than you and, and, you know, more knowledgeable. And I think it's, it's you, you, you battle through all these different things. Like you said, all the, the burnout and stuff like that. And like I said, the imposter syndrome. Mm. I think that's a big one that a lot of people struggle with. Oh, yeah. Um, and For you just sure. go, some of these days you go, what the fuck am I doing in this space? You yeah. know, like, and you just go, what the fuck's going on? But at the same time, everyone is, there's huge expectations. Yes. You know, people like Yuga Labs, Board Ape Yacht Club have set their bar so fucking high. Yes. Um, and it's just like, your com they compare projects mm. you know other like blue mm. chips you know doodles and uh psychedelics anonymous yeah. other great projects yeah. like that and you know they've still got really good communities and stuff like that but then you've got someone else you know that wants to go and and try it and then it's just like but what's their motive behind it you yeah know what I mean? and there I know are so many things to navigate you know like, obviously, there are some bad players in the space. And I think the space is so new, right? Like, it's very easy to pe for people with bad intentions to just come in and, like, fuck a lot of people over and make a bunch of money and leave. Um, but I think also, like you said, like, the precedent has been set so high um, and people are just – I completely lost my train of thought. 
Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> these things happen. Yeah, these <laughs> things completely happen. Yeah. Dude, I feel like nowadays I'm operating with like one brain cell bouncing around empty space. That's sort of where I'm at right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. We've all been there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But okay, so that, that, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I think I just think it, that's a huge that's a huge problem, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but okay, let, let let's let's um, let's pivot a little bit. Um, Please. <laughs> Please save me. Uh, um, okay, cool. So, um, you know, you said your backgrounds in like all computer science and stuff like that. Yeah, so um, my educational background is computer science and neuroscience. So like development. So, you know, for, for a lot of people, all the all the normies who are probably going to be listening to this and, and what, what what does that mean? Well, I like, just, what is that? I As come in and beep boop and poke, <laughs> beep, some, <laughs> yeah, I poke some. Yeah, I poke some buttons in the computer and shit happens. So it's like develop, develop. Yeah, development. So yeah. Um, that's that's my background. Um, yep. And I've worked in a couple of different things. I've done some dev work. Um, I've done some work in like tech consulting and product uh, and trading. Love High that frequency trading. Um, so on the, on the developer side, yes. um, how, like how long have you been doing that? What prompted you to get into that? Um, <laughs> I had a big crisis before, um, I started uni. So after I graduated high school and interestingly enough, um, what I was sort of deciding between was, should I do medicine? Should I become a pilot or should I do computer science? <laughs> Those are my options at the time. <laughs> All crazy options. Yeah, it's very, it's a bit all over the place. <laughs> it's a bit all over the place. Are you, like, have you always been like a high achiever? Um. Do you like the challenge or like what, what was the, out of those three options, I mean, like they are like top tier. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. So, I, <laughs> so well, well, I really wanted to like find out uh, like why, why those three ones? I think they were all sort of things, something, something in common, um, I guess, with all of them is that um, they can be quite high pressure, maybe not computer science, but medicine and pilot, they're quite like high pressure jobs. And I sort of thrive in stress. <laughs> yeah. So I thought it would be really interesting. And also I just love, um, I love learning and I love being able to apply things practically. Mm. Um, and I think that's sort of example, ex exemplified in both of those, job, those jobs. Um, I think the reason I was first interested in becoming a pilot is um, I, so I fly. So when I was uh, a teenager, I was lucky enough to be given um, a flying scholarship by the Air Force. And so they paid for me to learn how to fly. Wow. And I was like, this is amazing. It's like a sense of freedom. This is why I scuba dive as well. It's like a sense of freedom that is very unparalleled. And also I'm extremely uncoordinated on land. So I need to make it up in other, other areas. environments. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, and I think, I think you know, there's all, there was also an element of, you know, pride in it at the time. I was like, oh, you know, I want to do something that people think is sick. Um, but I think when I realized that, I was like, I can't do medicine because I cannot do medicine unless it's for myself. Um, it's a, it takes up your life. It's a big commitment. And unless you're hundred percent committed, I don't think someone should go into medicine. And so I didn't do that. Um, and then when it came to flying, becoming a pilot, it was sort of like, it's very, um, it's a very narrow field. Um, and I wasn't, again, I wasn't hundred percent sure that that's something that I want to do forever. And if you sort of want to stop becoming a pilot, there's not that many things you can pivot to. Um, and it's also something you can just continue as a hobby, assuming you can, you know, resource it. <laughs> mm. um, and then, you know, computer science, obviously tech is the future. It is the current, it also will be the future. Um, and I think it was, this, it was the option that provided the greatest breadth of opportunity and possibility. And so that's what I went into. 
Um, and I don't regret it. And then I added neuroscience afterwards because I was like, brain stuff is kind of cool. Brain stuff <laughs> is very cool. <laughs> I was like, it's very intriguing how the human brain works, isn't it? Oh, dude. And there's so much we don't know about it. Yeah. So I, much we don't know about it. It's, it's, it's the world's best computer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it, it's crazy. And you know what the, the crazy thing is? Just quickly on that, it's like, you know, now we're facing AI, right? Yeah. So we invented something that is now potentially greater than us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the threat there is pretty real. It is. There's there's something incredible but also very intense and scary about it. Mm. You know? It's very it's a very interesting field to be in, um, and it's gonna produce a lot of very interesting things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, you're obviously passionate about this space. Um and, you know, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, we hope so. Otherwise, we're fucked. Yeah, for sure, dude, for <laughs> I'm sure. going back to construction otherwise. <laughs> so this has to work. Oh no, God. it's working. It's working great. Um, so, yeah, obviously, you're, you're very passionate about, you know, this. Um, I love JPEGs. You love JPEGs. Hey, we love JPEGs. We love JPEGs. Um, okay, let's, 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 let's dive. Um, let's pivot a bit. What about, so, you know, but like, you know, you touch base that you're trading, you know, high frequency trading. Yes. Um, are you still like degening, you know, flipping NFTs here and there? Oh, I, I had a phase where I degened a lot. Um, I think I've put a lot of that in the back burner in the last few months. I don't yeah. think it's very conducive to mental health when that's yeah. what you're trying to focus on. But I, ha I had a period. Um, oh, I still remember this really distinctly. So I landed in LAX in January and then I had a mate ping me and it's like, dude, there's this like shit coin that I'm in early on. You should, you should definitely buy into this. Um, and at the time, like I was having issues, like I was having issues with my bank account, um, like close my card. Like I couldn't access a lot of stuff. I literally, I found like a corner of LAX airport. Um, I, sorry. Yeah. I found a corner of, um, the airport. I sat down with my laptop. <laughs> I was like buying to the shit coin on the floor of the airport. Oh really? Yeah. Did it do anything? Was this meme season? Yeah, this is shit coin season. Yeah. Like there was random stuff just like coming up all the time. Yeah, and so I, I don't know, man. I don't if anyone walked past me, I was just like sitting down surrounded by my suitcases, like with candles on my laptop on airport Wi Fi. Um <laughs> Oh wow. It sounds like a seance, like some sort of ritual. Yeah. <laughs> with yeah. Candles? No, as in like the <laughs> Oh the candle. Oh right. Oh, the candles on the fucking char. <laughs> Here I am thinking like, what the fuck? Does this? Does she take fucking candles traveling with her to LAX? Or like my right. my mental image there was like you sitting on the ground like it's you know like bewitched. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, holy shit! Oh she, she took the meme season real serious. Okay, um, not that far, not that far. I uh, wish I was that committed, man. So you done well in the meme season? Oh, I'm not down. Yeah, that's good. Which is good. It's positive. Yeah, that's all I'll say. Uh, that's that's cool. <laughs> that's um, I had a few. I had quite a few friends um, that cleaned up um, and done. Like the gains were just ridiculous. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, some mates sure. pulling in a couple hundred bucks, pulling a couple of hundred thousand out. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Some people doing millions. Wild, wild, wild times. Yeah, but come look at my shitcoin graveyard. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot to traverse through. <laughs> there is a lot to traverse, and and honestly, I feel like um, even after trading, like even after HFT. I feel like all the principles I learned there, I just discarded when it came to shit coins. I just became a full DJ. Oh yeah. I was like, oh yeah, like I'm I'm a I'm a highly educated, well versed, um, fully logic driven trader. No, <laughs> 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 absolutely not today. Not, not today. Not. 
Um, so, so you've done that. Um, I've got, a, I've got another question for you. Um, yes. Let's talk about like NFT communities. Um, I know you're in a couple. Yes. What one do you think is your favourite that you're in? Oh, that's really hard. What's your top three? I think when it comes to project-based communities, I will probably have to say Doodles because I think that was the first community that I properly joined. Um, I got into Doodles in September, so it was pretty early before they closed the server. So I'm an OG dude. Shout out to all the OG dudes. And I think that- And you minted. I minted. I did mint. And you minted five. I minted five. Five doodles. Five doodles. Nice. I remember thinking at the time, I'm like, there's a lot of fucking money. Why is this mint so expensive? <laughs> but here we are. Yep. Um, and shout out to my friend Toads who got me into Doodle Server. She was like my NFT senpai at the time. I would have never, never gotten into it if it wasn't for her. So totally grateful. And, uh, you know, just a bit of context for the audience. Uh, if you guys don't know what Doodles is, it's a, it's a blue chip NFT project. I hate the term blue chip. Uh, well, you can call it whatever you want. What would you call, what would you replace blue chip with? Oh, I don't even Phenomenal know. Phenomenal project. I, just, just, uh. Uh, uh, an OG project. Yeah. Uh, what do I place it with? Um, just a project that I think will still exist in five years. Yeah. So that look, they've got a very, very strong brand behind them. They just they do. started Doodles 2 and they yes. signed Pharrell as their brand director. Yes. And their um, team are all like OG crypto guys. Yeah. So. And they, the community is amazing. Mm. Like I fuck with the whole Doodles community. They've met some amazing friends. Not a cult. The, not a cult. Yeah, it's definitely not a cult. <laughs> definitely not a cult. Um, and the art is just phenomenal. Um, yeah, I think like the power is in how palatable their art is. You know, absolutely. Everyone can look at it and love it. Um, and while you know every community has its ups, ups and downs, and there are always things to improve on, I think Doodles will always have a place in my heart um, because you know nostalgia was one of the first ones I was in. It was where I made a lot of friends, met a lot of met a lot of friends that I still talk to now. Um, got a lot of support for the stuff I did, and so that will always be very high up. Um, the other two I think are kind of hard because um, they're just sort of groups of people that I found, and sometimes these groups of people have come from communities, but it hasn't really been necessarily the community as a whole, but the relationships I've made with individual people there. Um, and I think I've sort of created my own little circles and my own little support groups, um, and I'm very, very grateful for those people. Yeah, mm. that's yeah, that's amazing. Um, Okay, what about where do you see um, NFTs in the next twelve to thirty six months? I thought you were about to say twelve to twelve years, and I was like, dude, I don't fucking know. No, what, <laughs> one to three years. So if we put it in year terms. One, one to three years. So there are a lot of a lot of obstacles when it comes to NFTs, right? Because you know, everyone has those grandiose ideas of NFTs being integrated into the mainstream. Like you use them for proof of ownership of, you know, big things like mortgages or mm. like a lot of these official documents. But that's going to take a lot longer than three years, I think, because of the regulations in place and a lot of a lot of that bureaucratic BS that we have. Yep. Next one to three years, I think uh, we definitely see a rise of um, other art forms like music NFTs, even things in like film and stuff like that. Um, I think we see a lot more um, proof of ownership when it comes to uh, like exclusive physical art pieces. Like we already, we've, we already see, you know, like fractionalized physical artworks and stuff like that. Um, so we'll probably see more of that. Um, I think we see a rise of NFT brands. So, you know, with stuff like Doodles, we'll see the using um, them using their IP and commercializing it in different, you know, entertainment industries or different 
I don't know, different fields, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, that's, those are probably the main, the main things I see. Um, and potentially some more like token gated shit. I think that's going to continue for a while. Yeah, Shopify's done a great job at that. Yes. You know, yeah, their, yeah. their execution with, you know, the likes of Invisible Friends and Doodles, of course, yeah. uh, and quite a few other brands and then yeah. what they're doing. And then, you know, they are integrating e-commerce yeah. and NFTs yeah. as well. So huge, huge, huge potential. Yeah. But I think what I see more is sort of like a shift in the infrastructure surrounding NFTs. Mm. I think the use cases in the next one to three years probably won't change that much. Um, but we'll see, you know, the ability to scale a lot more, the ability to like create, increase, um, you know, the ability for teams to work together and um, open source stuff and develop and innovate together. We'll, so we'll see stuff being built for that. Um, I think the infrastructure for NFTs is still pretty, pretty early days. Um, so, yeah. And I think we'll see, we'll see more generative stuff as well. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, think. I agree yeah. with that. Where do we see Ono in the next one to three Dude, years? Dude, I don't even know where I see myself tomorrow. I need to buy my flight for tomorrow. You need still. to buy your flight for tomorrow. <laughs> Jump on my flight. <laughs> oh, what time's your flight? I fly out at like six, oh six or six thirty a.m. Six or six thirty a.m. Yeah. That's pretty early, man. Yeah. Um, you could probably get a get a get a later flight. You know, you, you, <laughs> know, you don't join the four a.m. club <laughs> oh, unless you're DJing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, dude, I like honestly. I, in the next few months, um, this is very left field, but I might go do like this scientific diver program off in an island for like a month. Um, go do some like coral restoration and manta conservation and shit. Um, just go diving. <laughs> and so that's like your big passion, diving? Um, uh, I love it. I love being in the ocean. I, love I like how you've, you're very diverse and like different things. Like it's all over the place. It's good though. It's <laughs> not all over the place. I guess it's more just like, you know, connecting with nature is diving and going and experiencing all these beautiful things yeah you're an adrenaline junkie it's just like i I met her today and she's like i was like what did you do today she's like oh we went skydiving indoor skydiving indoor skydiving i was like jesus all right (laughs) um but so no but back to the conversation so you know it's i think it's quite cool because you've got that that keeps you, you know, grounded and centered and, you know, one, one with nature and it's obviously good for your, you know, your health. Yeah. Um, but then the other side is like, you know, very passionate about the space, very intelligent and, you know, know, know quite a lot about the space already and, you know, building a great, you know, community and, and building all these amazing friendships and relationships with all these cool people. And I just think Including you. Hi. Including me. <laughs> we're, we're, we're best mates now. Um, but, yeah, I just think that's really, really important. Um, and yeah. it's just cool. So, so do you feel like you're kind of getting pull, pulled in two directions here? Like, yeah, wh- wh- look, where's your state I think of mind? I'm, I'm still really confused. I still don't really know where I'm going and what I'm doing. And so, how I'm sort of looking at, looking at it right now is, if I want to do something and if I'm feeling a pull towards something, I should just go and do it. You know, following so, your heart. Exactly. And so, you know, while I do all this diving shit, it's still going to give me the flexibility to, you know, the signal, there's Wi-Fi. You know, I can still work. I can still do project based stuff. I can still do the things that I want to do in the space while I'm doing something that's grounded, while I'm pursuing a hobby, while having some positive output through this hobby. Um, and I think that's really important. So I was telling you before, right, I was meant to start a full time trading gig um, at a pretty reputable firm in a couple months, um, you know, very positive cash flow, like a lot of that good shit. Um, but 
I let that go um, for nothing, basically, <laughs> just to, to have the space and the flexibility and the freedom to try different things and work out what I want to do and, you know, work my own shit out. Um, and I think that's really important, you know, like jobs come and go, money comes and goes, but the earlier you can sort of connect with yourself and the earlier you can work your own shit out, the more successful you're going to be in the future. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm in a very fortunate position to be able to consider things like this. But, you know, if you're able to, then you should take that opportunity, right? And like have that time for yourself and do these things. Yeah, totally agree. One thing that inspires me about you is that you're so young, like you're 23? Around there. Yeah. 22. 22, sorry. 12. 12. 12, 10. I fetus. 12, 10. <laughs> my, my mind is still at, at age 12. No, but I think it's like, you know, after the what we just spoke about and obviously we told me at dinner and it's just like, it was, I was just very, very inspired about like, you know, where you're at and how much you know and how much you've experienced so far. And I really, really applaud you for, you know, like you just said, you know, following your heart and stuff like that. Thank you. I think now especially in um, the modern world, there's huge pressure on young kids, right? Like, oh, you've got to be successful. You've got to buy a house early. You've got to save your money. And parents all, you know, like indoctrinating all these, like their stuff that they've been taught and these habits. And it's like, this is how you get ahead, this and that. And it's just like, I mean, you're doing great. And you're doing life (laughs) on your terms. I think that's the cool thing, right? You know, you're doing a lot of traveling and trying all these different things. And like you just said, money comes and goes. It's not the be all and end all. The the beautiful thing about money is you'll always make more. Yeah. You know? And I think, you know, the amazing thing about being in this space is that you're able to learn so many different skills that are applicable to things outside of Web3. And so, you know, worst comes, everything goes to shit. You still come out of it with a plethora of skills, Mm. both soft skills and hard skills. Um, that you can apply to other things and you'll find other ways to continue on and grind through and, you know, pull yourself together, right? Um, so, yeah, I think it's what's really cool is that, you know, some sometimes people look at my life and sometimes I look at other people's life and it's sort of just like you live such an amazing existence. You're doing all this cool shit. You're doing all, all of these things, but anyone can do it really, you know? Like I'm not saying it's easy, but the opportunities exist and a lot of people just don't know that. And so being able to show anyone interested that you can do these things and you can change your life and you can break out of the traditional mold is really amazing, you know? Um, and, you know, like I, I, I'm Asian. I have a very traditional Asian family. Everyone who's Asian knows the experience of grinding, being successful, doing, you know, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be an engineer. And then blah, that's blah, blah, ingrained blah. in the cult- culture, isn't it? Because it is, with, with it Asians, is. You've, it's, it's all about face, right? Yeah, and I think especially for immigrant families, right, like your parents have been through so much shit and at the end of the day, like, they just want the best for their kid and what they know to be the best for your kid is to have this prestigious, high-paying, stable, successful job. Um, and, uh, dude, I love my parents to bits, right, and they – are definitely doing what they think is best for me. Um, But sometimes you really just have to believe, you know, trust in yourself and your ability to succeed um, and prioritise that over making them happy. Um, And once they can sort of see you doing cool shit and see you happy and see you um, in a place where you're succeeding, then, you know, that's hopefully enough to convince them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that... Being an immigrant gives you an advantage. 
perspective? I think growing up with multiple perspectives gives you an advantage. Um, so something that I appreciate a lot um, with my family is that my my father always prioritized experiences over like material stuff and so he always tried his best to sort of show us different cultures and show us like different ways of living and so he's very self-made like his family didn't have much growing up um and so you know he always made us work for what we had um so i think that's part of the immigrant mentality um but more so than just than just that it's just being able to expose your kids to a lot of stuff. Um, actually, one of my earliest memories is when I was like six or seven, my dad got me like a chair for my desk, but the chair came in like pieces and he's like, you can't use your chair unless you build it yourself. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like that's what I mean. That's what I mean. You know? Straight like, into the flat packs. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta build what you use. You gotta build what you use. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's made me appreciate a lot, right? Like I was joking about it before, like I call myself a full stack human and that's because, you know, we as people are, able to learn so many things but most people don't put themselves into positions where they learn all these like random shit right um but once you're in a once you're in a place where you're forced to do it then everyone's sort of surprised by how much they can learn and accomplish yeah 100 percent um uh i've had a mind blank i was just about to ask you something really really good something that was, really good yeah and it was uh work related hobby it's, related it's, um. No, I was I was gonna dive deeper. <laughs> dive deeper. It's it's um it's gone now. That's okay. It will come back. It will come back. It must have not been so important if it's gone. <laughs> no, it was definitely important. <laughs> you know when it's just like you're like oh yeah cool I'm gonna ask you know this question and then you know yeah dude my ADD brain every day yeah <laughs> every day <laughs> um okay cool so yeah that's uh okay. Um, this is what one thing that I want to ask you about. I mean, yes. like you're doing a lot of traveling and stuff like this. Yes. Um, do you think one thing that trend that I've been seeing, um, and then I'm living at the moment mm. is, you know, like, um, working remotely, but for when you're working for a company, you can still, oh yeah, cool. I'm going to, I'm let you know I'm flying here for this day. I'm going to work from there. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Um, there's also, I've seen other people in other companies, they will travel you know, through Europe or wherever else in the world and they're still working and it's like mm. a working holiday. Yeah. So there's one thing that I've sort of been trend seeing and I'm like, uh, this trend that, that I've been seeing and it is that I think like even when you're sick at home now, um, mm. Mm. you're still working yes. because back in the olden days, back in my day, you know, like, Work, work time was work, work time and play was play yeah, and yeah but you had to drive to the office or drive to the work to go yeah. do it or, or, yeah. or you know um commute there mm. and then once you got there you know that everything was there all the tools were there uh and then when you're at home nothing was there it's a very distinct boundary yeah absolutely yeah. and now the boundary's gone very blurry you know like and it's just like i feel like you still have to like work you still feel obliged to work yeah and it's yeah. i think there's like give and take there but one thing that i've seen you know at web3 is like it just doesn't sleep like you know and it's just 24 like, like 7. it's 24 7. 1000 x yeah and the thing is it's like you know whether you're working nine to five in this or whatever it's like 
you might have to get up early and, and get on calls with other people on the other side of the yeah. world. And like you said, we're in a really shitty time zone. Yes. And then you're late at night, you're doing that, and then you're on spaces and doing all these other things. And and it's just like far out. It's just, it's, it's nonstop. Yeah, and I think that's one of the main reasons why earlier in the year my sleep cycle was so dysregulated because I was traveling so much. Um, and it's like I had team members in Europe, I had team members in Australia, I had team members in the States. Um, and, and while I was constantly switching time zones, so everything was just all over the place. And like you said, like when those lines and boundaries are blurry and they're undefined, it's then very difficult for you to make those personal boundaries for yourself, right? Like when is it me time? When is it time for me to just rest? When is it time for me to take time for my mental health, for my physical health? Um, because all of these other things start pouring in um, and it's not structured, you know? And when you don't have any structure in your life, you just like, disintegrate mm. really um so i think you know stuff like remote lo- working and working holidays isn't for everyone like for some people they need that boundary of work and home and it's 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 a very difficult balance to strike um but for me personally i would go through all of that for to be able to have that level of freedom you know it's just it's amazing being able to just go somewhere because you want to mm. or do something because you want to and so and that's the catch twenty two, right? Exactly. So it's like you can go and travel and do whatever you want and still work and still go over there and yeah. and I think that's kind of cool because it's like, you know, you, you can go into different environments and, and experience yeah. different things, still live and stuff like that. You don't have to save up all your money yeah. and fly to the, you know wherever like the old traditional holidays. Yeah. You know, you'd save six months a year to just go to Europe or wherever you wanted but to. But you're go. experiencing it at like seventy percent. Yeah. You're not experiencing it at 100%. No, you're not, but yeah. it's still it's still 70%. But you're still there, exactly. Yeah, you're exactly. still there. You still can go. Mm-hmm. And that's like fucking amazing. But I think it's also important to sort of not go too hard with that, which is what I did earlier in the year. I think you sort of need to hang around some places a bit, have a little bit of like a schedule, routine. Um, because back when I was flying like every week and very like spontaneous flying as well with no plan, no idea about what was going on. It was just very high mental load. And I think it introduced like a new element of stress as well. So I think, you know, if, you, if you're going on vacation and you're working, like do it and, you know, all power to everyone who can do that. But just make sure that you're sort of taking care of yourself as well and not getting caught up in, in that freedom and that ability to just like zoom around. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a massive perk. But at the same time, yeah. it's like, it can be a bit of a, um a, a nuisance for some people i yeah. guess but it's amazing um, it's fucking amazing but it's ab- yeah. i think i agree i would agree with that i yeah. i think it's fucking amazing you know you get to work these cool jobs with these yeah. cool companies doing building these cool great things and you get all that freedom exactly like you know? <laughs> at some point i was working um from disney world wow so I, I really wanted to go to like star what wars the like, fuck? yeah i know dude so i just i just like lived in disney world for like a few days you and lived in disney yeah, world you know how like days. the theme park lines are like really fucking long yeah i literally brought my laptop to the theme park and like i was waiting two hours for rise of the resistance oh, which is this like star wars ride you're the girl on the ride checking the candles while you go on the roller coaster nah, okay. no okay no 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 okay <laughs> i was actually checking discord tickets support tickets um no but discord i'm like tickets. taking i'm like taking calls Falls in line. I'm like doing my shit. Um, actually, you know, one of the problems about being, you know how I'm like an adrenaline junkie? Mm. Um, one of the big problems that I don't really feel much anymore when it comes to like big adrenaline jumps. So I was on like the Tower of Terror, which is like a big drop. And I was literally checking Discord tickets as everyone around me was screaming. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Jesus. Yeah. 
That is wild. A bit of a side note, completely unrelated to what we're talking about. Just got tickets out of all things, though. And because that was right before, um, that was close to to my launch. Right. So I had a lot of like support stuff to go through. Yeah. 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 Wow. Mm. Um. uh, I I always have a. uh, There's a line that we always finish with. Gee, sorry, I'm just really like off, off. It's all good today. Um. Do you need to pull up one of your old podcast episodes and no, <laughs> find that this is one. so unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unprofessional as it is. Um, what, what's some what's some final words that you would uh, some final advice you would give to our listeners? Some final advice, yeah, dude. Just go out there and and do some shit, man. Like that's just go out there that, and do some. Yeah, shit. just go out there and do some shit. Yeah, but take care of yourself along the way. Stop overthinking it. Start executing. Exactly. Like, firstly, firstly, prioritize yourself. Prioritize yourself. Prioritize your development. Prioritize your relationships. Prioritize your health. And if you're in a good place, just, like, try shit. Go do shit. Meet people. Like, put yourself in vulnerable positions. You know? This is your self-development arc right now. So. I love that. I mean, Go for it. I, I love that. And I think, you know, again, you know... You, you're living that you're you're out there chasing your dreams living your dream life and just executing and and i think that's really really inspiring come with me to antarctica next time yeah that's well that's another thing right you went down went to lift in antarctica let's go let's go <laughs> go do um, some cool shit guys yeah that's it everything's possible exactly and i think the thing is everyone um puts a limit on themselves right like you can do do anything you want in life anything at all exactly you know and yeah i think i think that's the most important thing if you're not happy uh where you are in your life right now the cool thing is you can go change it tomorrow don't put boundaries in your own existence exactly yeah but the the thing is everyone sets out that limit oh i'm gonna be um a millionaire cool then what you know i'm gonna be a doctor cool then what Mm. You know, like, oh, I'm going to be um, a manager of a supermarket. Cool, then what? Mm. Like, why don't you be the CEO of the supermarket? Mm. I can't do that. Well, mm. You just said you can't. You can. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know. It's you all about w- perspective. Exactly. And you want to consistently surround yourself with people that are pushing those levels and pushing those limits so you're inspired to do the same. But, again, like, you don't you don't have to do it if you don't want to. You do whatever makes you happy. But mm. just don't put limits on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Oh no, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, you're an inspiration, me. and uh, yeah, I just love um, our whole you know conversation, our time together tonight. It's been very very special. You're an amazing individual, and uh, yeah, thanks again for uh, coming on. Thanks, Rowdy. Love you too. <laughs> love you too. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>